From the Aleuts at Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time, and we're getting into our breakdowns of positions, and one of the positions that has everyone's attention is the wide receiver position. Why is that, by the way? Um, probably because no one knows who number three receiver is going to uh, be, number one. I yeah. do, but they don't. Oh, um, okay. And then number two, uh, there's just so many options to make this team and to make this roster, and still some unknowns because there's players we still haven't got to see on the field yet. That's very true. It's very true, Indeed. Tell us how excited you are right now for this breakdown, this film discussion on this wide receiver room right now in the comment section down below. Don't forget to hit that like button right now. If you haven't subscribed, hit that subscribe button because we got tons of positions to break down. This is just one of many that we're doing. And I'll tell you what, Ant, I'm very, very excited to see what this wide receiver room is and what it can be. And we got some some backing to support us. But who's the first guy on the list? Yeah, we're, we're, we have two guys that are kind of like 1A and 1B. Um, as far as on the depth chart, and we put these guys in order of not the depth chart. We just put them in order of one guy has seniority right now, but we're, we're not doing a wide receiver one, a wide receiver two, and that. So don't take anything into the order in which we're talking about them. Um, we've kind of just put them more of a random list. A little bit. Um, but we're going to go with Debo Samuel first. And with Debo, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get so many cool things. I mean, right here against the Rams, he's going to get the ball on the jet motion and the fly sweep and get around the outside and score. Um, there are receivers that try to do this. There's not receivers that do it to this level consistently as Debo Samuel. Can we also point out that it's to the short side of the field? Oh, yeah. It's the short side of the field, folks. This isn't the wide side of the field. I hear this all the time, right? When we were coaching, we heard this all the time. You can't run wide side of the field when it's to the short side. You can't try and get – you're never going to get to the edge. It's like, you know what? You're right in a sense. You can't get to the edge. But that blocking scheme, the way that Shanahan drew that up, you don't have to get to the edge. You just have to give him a crease and a lane. Right to get to that outside sort of edge-like area, right? That seven hole, as you would call it, on that in that sense, that would be the six hole, and just let him bust out and, and get into that end zone. Um, and again, here, this is one of my all-time favorite Debo Samuel plays. It was that one right there against the Seahawks because of the tiptoeing on the sideline, the athleticism, the uniqueness, because he plays with such power and ferocity at the wide receiver position, and once he gets the ball in his hands, that you don't expect, you don't expect the gracefulness and the, the light-footed and the athleticism when he's playing on the sideline. But this man can do it all in space. He doesn't have to just bully you, mm -hmm. but if you give him the opportunity to, he will. And it's a problem for defenses and secondaries because you don't have a lot of physical presence out there in secondaries that can handle that kind of bully mentality. Yeah, and we just seen him catch a deep ball in, against Baltimore. And one of the things that's been going around right now is that he's nothing more than a gadget player. Correct. Um, what I've said, and I said this on the live stream, is he's a weapon, not a gadget player, but a weapon that you can use in a multitude of ways. Um, this is him just going in the ball. I mean, really, it's not like it's a great throw. It's not like it's in the right spot. It's a 50-50 ball. It is, and it's something he makes a great play on. Um, these are These are the things that he can do. This is one of the ones that I love because he catches the ball in, you know, has a small window and then he outruns everyone. He's not the fastest guy, but he's able to outrun them because he never slowed down. He never lost his momentum. Um, catching on the run like this is a gift. There's not a lot of guys that can catch it full speed. Some of them have to slow up a little bit. Jimmy puts the ball right where it needs to go and he does not miss a beat and he outruns the other guys for a touchdown. 
Uh, that is what Debo Samuel brings to the team is all the versatility. We've seen him in the backfield. We've seen him run in the jet. Now this one, he's going to run like a little counter and break inside. You see Luke Keekley get so mad because he barely got you know, uh, clipped and he missed the play. I mean, he's frustrated. He, he misses it by a step too. And that's the, oh, thing yeah. with, that's the thing with Debo. Debo just needs a step. One step for Debo Samuel is sometimes enough. Luke Keekley is off by a second, a fraction yeah. of a second. If Luke Keekley gets his hands on Debo there, he's going to bring Debo down before he gets in the end zone. And it just doesn't matter because all Debo Samuel needs is a window, a very tiny, small window. You saw it right there on that play. You saw it in that Green Bay game as well. And the Rams game this past season in 2020 is, is, a, is one that sticks out of my mind because he caught a slant pass in space with a little window and was able to take it an additional 15, 20 yards. This guy, if he gets a crease and he sees a crease, he's going to exploit it. He sees the crack in the door, and he doesn't just go over there and just like, hey, can I come through here? He blows through, yeah. blows the door off its hinges and takes a small crease and turns it into a big play. And the way that he plays so physical, you talked about this uh, some, is it also lends itself to the versatility because when he runs, he can play running back. You can put him in the backfield and he can run the ball. You can put him in the slot and he can be successful. You put him on the outside, he can beat you downfield, which he's proven. Um, all the things that he can do are just next level. I mean, this play right here against Seattle was next level. The blocking was fantastic. Um, the move to make the spin and come back inside. Debo is dangerous with the ball in his hand. Yep. I feel sorry for everyone else when they have to play these guys because he's going to get so much attention too. Uh, anytime he goes in motion, you have to pay attention. You don't know if he's going to get the ball. You don't know where he's going to go. So they have to allocate so much time to preparing for Debo Samuel. If you have to prepare too much for Debo Samuel, you can't prepare for other people, especially like the guys that we got coming up. There are other weapons that they got coming up. This is just the first weapon. Somebody that Kyle Shannon likes to use to completely manipulate the defense. And he's the perfect guy for it because the way he's built. Stay healthy, Debo, because if you do, this offense is going to be unstoppable. <clears throat> unstoppable, unpredictable. He can do it in a variety of a ways. A lot of uns. This is, not, this is not a gadget player, folks. No. If you think he is, you're dead wrong. He's utilized in a gadget-type role, I guess, but he's utilized that way because he can do it all. Yeah. He's a do-it-all receiver, not a gadget in a box, put him in a mold, he can only do these things. Uh -uh. He can do whatever you need him to do. Well, and the truth is, if this was, you know, if he was, if John Taylor was in this era of football, he would do the same sort of things because he was just dangerous with the football in his hand. So if you put John Taylor in this era, he would be used the same way. And nobody here thinks John Taylor was a gadget player. No, a lot of people, John Taylor is an undervalued and underappreciated wide receiver. 100%. And if you're a true Niners fan and, and, I mean, Jerry Rice, the words came out of his mouth, right? If Jerry Rice isn't on the 49ers, John Taylor is the best wide receiver on the 49ers and one of the best wide receivers in football. Yeah, he would have been. And in, on any other team, he would have been wide receiver one. Absolutely. Absolutely. But that's okay because, you know, we don't need Debo to be wide receiver one all the time because we have another guy, Mr. Brandon Ayuk, a guy that I'm a very big fan of. And another guy that is kind of in the do-it-all mold. He is. He doesn't play with the same level of physicality that a Debo Samuel plays, but the speed... Yes, using him in the fly sweep, little fly toss pitch actions like this right here in space, it becomes very, very difficult to guard this guy because you have to respect him when he goes in motion. If you do send him in motion and you're playing zone, that means Kyle Shanahan can motion him into a slot and put him on a linebacker, which means you lose. You lose that matchup nine out of ten times. Uh, and and if, if you're getting this guy one-on-one -on -one in space and routes, Good luck trying to cover him because he is going to beat your guy in space at some point in time. Yeah. It's going to happen. 
Uh, Brandon Ayuk is just one of those receivers who can get open in a variety of ways, whether it's speed, whether it's craftiness, or whether it's creativity on his routes, he's going to get open. It's just a matter of time. Brandon Ayuk is poised for a huge 2021 season, um, and he very well could become the solidified wide receiver one in San Francisco once this year is said and done. Yeah, you know, I hear a lot of people talking about who's wide receiver one, to be honest with you. Um, I, I think I would look at this the same way as Kyle Shanahan would look at it. We don't need a wide receiver one. We what we need is great receivers that can, you know, do what they need to be um, doing. I think he has he has potential. I think that's why everyone sees it, because he has such potential to be a breakout star. Um, the things that he can do with the ball in his hands, and also the things he can do when the ball's not in his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the ultimate shake master as far as get, you know, getting away from a corner, getting separation, and then being able to do something with the ball once he gets it. And we saw a rookie season that he didn't really get to build chemistry um, with Jimmy Garoppolo. They barely played together. Um, you see it, you know. That's, that, that is my second favorite route of his from the entire yeah. season. Um, and so that we never really got to see what his full potential could be. We did get to see him play some games. Once again, a rookie season that was kind of, you know, started out slow because of the injury. And then he had the whole uh, testing problems. Um, so he he's somebody that I still want to see what he can do. I think he's going to have a big year. Him and Debo together, this sitting down in his own is fantastic. But um, anything that they can do together is going to be fun. But Brandon Ayuk has the capabilities to stretch the field vertically. How much they're going to take advantage of that with Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm not sure. But he has the threat. So people have to worry about him getting down the field, which means he's going to be able to run the deeper comeback routes and stuff that Kyle Shanahan ran a lot in Atlanta with Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. Now, some of the things that Kyle Shanahan hasn't been able to run, maybe because of what the receiver strengths were, he has that with Debo Samuel. I'm sorry, with Brandon Ayuk. Yes. Um, Brandon Ayuk is fantastic receiver. I like all the things he can do. The same way that the, you can use Debo, you can use Brandon Ayuk in a little bit fewer you know, versions because you can't use him in the backfield, but you can use him on all the motions and all that stuff. And this kind of stuff right here. He's he's excellent in space. Look at the freak athleticism. It, it's, it's crazy. It really is. And, and now you have... I like that there's a little bit of difference between him and Debo. I love it. Yeah, because not only can they do similar things that make it hard to know what they're going to do, um, but they can also do different things that just separate them from everyone else. This is, like, for me, Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, like, people arguing about their greatness or what they add to the— it's like the MJ-LeBron debate in basketball. They're both great, but yeah. they do it in such different ways. Brandon Ayuk does it in the athleticism, right, the vision, how he sees the field, the creativity— in how he attacks things and attacks defenses. You know, MJ was very similar to that. Debo is the physicality, the LeBron yeah. aspect, right? The physicality, the way he attacks the game. They're both great. They're both incredible. They both do so much for this offense. They do it in such different ways. You can't, you can't prepare for them the same way. And if you can't prepare for them the same way, now you have to have the pieces on defense that can do handle the things that Ayuk can do. And if you have those pieces, you most likely aren't going to have the other ones on the field that can do the other aspect, the physicality portion, the horizontal aspect of the game. Yeah. So it's it's a pick your poison sort of thing. Are you going to let the Niners drive down the field for eight and a half minutes, just killing you with the horizontal offense? Or are you going to take that away and make them beat you with the big shots? I think a lot of teams are more prone right now with Jimmy at quarterback to try and make them beat you with the deep shots. But if you do that, you're going to have to be able to slow this guy down. And at some point in time, it's going to burn you. Well, and these guys complement each other. Yes. You know, I mean, that was one of the things when you see all the great tandems over the years, they always complement each other. Peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. You know, uh, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Um, 
they, they complement each other in areas that Ayuk is strong, uh, Debo's not as strong, and the areas that Debo is super strong, Ayuk's maybe not as strong. Like you talk about physicality, um, you know, athleticism, speed, you know, kind of, it's, there is a little bit of a difference. And Kyle Shanahan's done a good job, him and John Lynch, of grabbing players that do complement each other, that give you different things that you can do with your offense, because that's really what it's about, variety. If you have m multiple guys that do the same thing, as a defense, it's still easy to prepare for them, you know, because then you you know what you have to do. Okay, we have to do this, we have to do that. But when you have guys that do a bunch of different things, that's when it gets scary because it's like, uh oh, what is this kind of going to do at this point in this setting? You know, it just it creates too many opportunities, too many things you have to think about. And when you're thinking on the field, that's when you're in trouble. You have to go on, you know, reaction and and just kind of know. And if you don't know, you're in trouble. Correct. It just makes it so hard because you can do the Niners will eventually do things like do ghost motions. With, with Brandon Ayuk, like he's coming on a reverse with Debo in the slot on the opposite side, fake a stretch action, right? You can fake a stretch action one direction as D, as Ayuk's coming around on the ghost motion, act like you're going to be pitching it out, and then drop underneath and do a counter. A little reverse the opposite Easy. direction with Debo Samuel, and you have too many pieces on defense going in so many different directions. How can you – you can't properly predict that. So unless every single person on that defense is in perfect position, the play is going to bust. It's going to break. It's going to be a huge play. And as long as everyone in the front line does their job for the 49ers, that makes Kyle Shanahan's job so easy because you can mess with defensive coordinators' minds just by putting these guys in certain positions and having guys motion pre-snap to make them shift, adjust, try and guess what they're seeing, show them one thing, and then do something completely unpredictable that they're not ready for. Yeah, and a guy that's going to make them do that to a whole nother level is Jalen Hurd, mm -hmm. who is the next guy that we're going to be talking about um, because now you don't know what personnel settings you're going to be running. No. It's like you talked about defense has to be in perfect position and do perfect things. Um, when Jalen Hurd's on the field, now you have so many more concerns because is it a five-wide receiver set? Is he going to be in the backfield? Um, what is he going to do when he goes in motion? Is he getting the ball? Is He's on the outside. Oh, is it a, you know, is it a jump ball? There's, there's just too many options. Uh, and you add him to Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, it really is the perfect ingredients of a receiving core. Um, when we were talking about, you know, who is wide receiver three, that's why I said earlier, we have wide receiver three. It's Jalen Hurd. I've doubled down. Everyone knows I've doubled down. So that, that he's going to... That might be generous. He's going to have a big season, and you wait until we get into these two-minute offense situations, and you have a, you know, a personnel grouping that has him out there where a defense is stuck in a nickel package, and he's running it down their throat. And then when they try to adjust, he lines up outside and goes for you know goes deep or Quickly. makes a great play. Get get yeah. the get the base down in. Get the base down group, and he's playing running. Oh oh, they're going yeah. oh they're going five wide. Oh. Yeah, and you're gonna catch these guys in just bad matchups and bad situations. And him, and it's not just him though. Juice also and George Kittle uh, open that up. But with Debo and Ayuk, because they can do it all. Yes, that's the thing. Debo could line up in the backfield, and Jalen Hurd could be out. It's like you just you don't know what to get. And you don't know what nice to expect. Little outside zone stretches with Debo Samuel in the backfield. Easy. They did it against New England. They, they ran little toss pitches. Everything. Oh, well, they ran toss pitches, and we had a clip in here where Debo was playing in the back, literally in the backfield, running a stretch play opposite of Mostert, who ghosted behind. Yeah. They ran like a little triple option, little play action look, and just Debo takes it around the edge. I mean. It, there are so many. Jalen Hurd takes the Kyle Shanahan offense, and he doesn't open up the playbook. So it's not like he's doing different. What he allows Kyle Shanahan to do is put personnel packages to run things that he normally couldn't run if Jalen Hurd wasn't on the field. You can have Jalen Hurd 
Juszczyk, Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, all on the field at the same time. Those are your four position players. And you could start with five whites, a five-wide set, get them a nickel, and then... They'd probably res- get in dime. Oh, true, probably dime. Reset and be in a power run formation, and now you're in trouble. Yeah. And that that right there takes the game takes the game and the mind games to a whole another level because then they may the team's natural reaction made that to be we need to call a run blitz. Mm-hmm. We need to get into a run blitz situation right now and they send pressure. And it's an RPO or play action. Or play action and Jimmy's pulling the ball and throwing it one on one to Debo or IU can space or Kittle in space releasing mm-hmm. off the blitz packet. I mean, it, it just causes so many problems for defensive coordinators. It, it's it's it becomes a pick your poison sort of thing. Do you just focus on taking away the run game and let them try and beat you with the pass, or do you take the pass away and just hope that your front four can get it done against the run, or your front five can get it done against the run? Because if they can get it done against the run game, then you have a chance, right? You have a chance if you're gonna if you're going to take away the passing threat and make them beat you with the run game. But who has really done that in the last few years? Nobody. Nobody's nobody's done that. And guess what? That's not changing anytime soon. No one's going to magically figure out how to slow down the Kyle Shanahan run game. He's been an offensive coordinator in the league for too long, and all of his running backs have had success. Well, and he just diversified his run game. He got bigger on the (laughs) interior, which means here comes the inside zone. You're welcome. We're coming right at you vertically. And anyone that watched uh, Jalen Hurd in college knows that that is something he's very good at. He has very good vision. And he is very powerful, at you know, especially where he's running. So he can do that. And I don't think a lot of, you know, people have put stock into that. They look at Jalen Hurd and there's maybe he can play the power slot. I'm telling you, this guy can play any receiver position. You can line him up at tight end. You can line him up at running back. You can do so many things eight back. Uh, the personnel groupings are going to be impossible to predict because you're right. The scenario you brought up is tough for a defense. Because you come in, in the, if you come in thinking heavy pass and they run all over you, you come in thinking run and they throw it on you um, because these guys can win. We've proven in other videos, Juice can beat a linebacker or safety one-on-one. So that's a mismatch. So you thought you had an opportunity to stop them, but you really don't. Too many positionless players causing too many problems for a defense's um, I'm I'm all for it. You thought that Kyle Shanahan was rolling out there with a couple castles, some bishops, and really they're all kings. They're all queens. Queens, not I mean, kings. They're no. queens. They kings can do are... whatever you want them to do. You want them to go forward, they can go forward. You want them to go diagonal, they can go. You want them to backtrack a little bit, yeah. they can backtrack. They can do whatever you need them to do. Good luck. Good luck, rooks. Good luck. Have have fun, pawns, figuring that out. You're not going to be able to. There's too much. They, this These group can cover too much ground. Yeah, and if, now and you can go horizontal, you can go vertical. The vertical game is still whatever Jimmy makes it. But the horizontal game is even worse because you have guys that can operate in that area. Because now if Jalen Hurd stays at the line of scrimmage or Debo Samuel stays at the line of scrimmage, that corner has to respect that they're going to run a quick screen. And all of a sudden, there's George Kittle now in a one-on-one situation with the safety down the field if you're in the wrong defense. <laughs> and that is, a, that is a problem because he still is the best tight end in football. Accurate. Um, I, I think after the season, there there's going to be so many – uh, teams that are going to be like, oh my gosh, the 49ers are going to be ridiculous for the next couple of years. Um, we have to figure out what we're going to do to stop these guys. Kyle Shanahan is about to revolutionize how you draft players as far as use. We've already seen it a little bit in the league, but people get one guy that they think is Debo Samuel. He's got more than one, and that's that's a problem for everyone else. And it's a great problem. It it's is. a wonderful, wonderful problem. Uh, up next is a guy 
Richie James, who Kyle Shanahan has a very soft spot for. He's put it together once, this specific game here yeah. against the Green Bay Packers. Um, I got to watch part of this game while kidnapped by the Joker. Okay. So I got to see a little bit of, of, of you know, Richie James's greatness in this game, and it was wonderful to see. But he has yet to put it together for a full season. He's yet to put it together in back-to-back multiple games. Um, and there's a lot of guys in the league who are, per se, one-hit wonders. A lot of wide receivers in the league have put together a great game or two on film and just can't consistently put it together. This is going to be Richie James's probably his last big opportunity to show that he can be a legitimate receiver in this league. And he's got a lot of competition. There's a lot of guys here. But the athleticism is there. He is a unique, diversified player. He is a kind of positionless guy. Not to, not to the extent that Debo or Jalen Hurd is. Yeah. But he can do a lot of different things in space. He's not committed to one type of thing. He is a little bit more of a deep third option than some of the other guys in this roster. But he's going to have to stay healthy. He's going to have to develop and improve as a route runner. And he's going to have to earn the trust of Jimmy Garoppolo. Because Jimmy Garoppolo is talking a lot about these other guys. Jalen Hurd, Ayuk, Debo. He's very comfortable with those three guys. And he's very excited to get to work with Jalen Hurd. Richie James has got to prove that there's something there that he can work with with Jimmy. Um, the, other, the other thing that he does add is the potentially the kick return aspect mm-hmm. in the special teams game. He's had his moments, but he's got to get more consistent. Yeah, you're seeing one of his moments right there, and, and that's his touchdown. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, as far as in the in the kick game, you know, in the return game, I think that one of the issues with Richie James is every single year he's got nicked up somehow, somehow, some way, some some little injury, some little you know thing that prevents him from reaching his potential. I think every single year we hear, man, Richie looks good, man, Richie looks good. We're, we're excited about what Richie's going to do, and then Richie underperforms. Um, I I think that he does have talent. I mean, he's he he's proven it. That you get him in the right situations and he can be successful. Um, he's not overly physical. That's not something he does in his game. But he's someone you have to respect. If he goes in motion, you have to know where he's at and you have to, you know, be aware if he catches the ball. Um, you know, he can take it to the house. He has that kind of ability, and he can make guys miss in space once he gets the ball in his hand. He, especially in the open field, he he can take a, a play that should be a 15, 20 yard game and turn it into a touchdown. I mean, I he don't can. see that as much. It, one I don't. On, one-on-one situations, yes. I don't, I don't see him make – I mean, right there he caught the ball. Luckily, the defender ran by him. But I don't see him making a lot of people miss. If you look at a lot of his catches where he makes big plays, it's always whole Deep shot him top, behind yeah. everyone. And it's usually because of a great scheme. It's usually because he got wide open. I mean, there he beat – you know, that was a mismatch. And well, he beat him we deep. Had, we had, and we had two wide receivers there who ran yeah. two great routes and got open. And it, it's, it's great designs and stuff. I think Richie James – is a fringe guy this year. I think he's. I think he's going to have a hard time making the team. Um, will he? Will he make it? He could because I mean he he's definitely got the talent and the ability. I don't think he's lived up to that talent and that ability yet. Um, and I think that they've brought in guys that are going to push him. But he. I mean he's definitely somebody that the 49ers, if they have him out there, they know they can count on him to catch the ball and to make a play. It might not be you know as dynamic as the guys we talked previously, um, but he's somebody that has a role that fits in the what Kyle Shanahan likes to do. Correct. And with Richie James, man, it really just comes down to consistency and separation. Um, He's got to become a better route runner, intermediate, middle of the field, because right now that's what Jimmy's strengths are. Mm -hmm. Um, Jimmy's strengths aren't the whole shots and the deep shots downfield. He'll take some, but he's not going to take a lot. So you've got to become a guy who can get open in that, like you talked about, that 15, that 18 to 15 yard window that stretches 15, 18 yards deep and then horizontally sideline to sideline. You have to be in that box for Jimmy Garoppolo right now to have a lot of success and for you to be a receiver in this offense who has success is you're not going to get the whole shots. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get as many of them. So if Richie James can improve, especially in the intermediate game, 
he has an opportunity to find and carve out a bigger role for himself in this offense. But if he can't, it'll be really, really hard with the pieces they already have because as you talked about, Jalen Hurd, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, all of those guys can do that in the intermediate short passing game. Yeah, and we have guys that we're about to talk about mm-hmm. that are going to push this guy because some of them are big and physical and some of them are built like Richie James but do it at a another level, in my opinion. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's the thing. This guy's going to have the competition. Can he step up and do it? Yes, because I do have faith in him. I think he's a good NFL player. I just don't know if he's a great NFL player. And that's what we're trying to get is great NFL players. Accurate indeed. Who's up next, Nick? Uh, next up is Muhammad Sanu. Muhammad mm. um, Sanu is an interesting one because, yeah. it, I mean, if you judge him on his time with the 49ers last year. Not good. Nah, not the best. But if you if you look at what he did right here in Detroit as he's getting more and more healthy, um, he, he made a few plays. Um, but really what, he, you know, what we're thinking about mainly is his time not only with New England but his time with Atlanta. You're looking at what he did in those systems and how he played. Um, the one thing that is very noticeable about Muhammad Sanu is the speed has fallen. The speed is not there, but he's still a possession receiver that can catch the ball. Um, he has good hands, so he's going to make plays. He also knows how to position his body, and he's got some craftiness when running his routes. Mm-hmm. So he, as long as his speed is adequate, he's going to be able to get open because he knows how to use his body, run you know, right, the right routes, and just play physical. Um, those are things that he can do well. He also is another guy that catches the ball on the run and does not slow down, which fits Kyle Shanahan's system. This is what I, how I see and how I view Mohamed Sanu right now is think back to 2019 when the Niners went and made the move for Emmanuel Sanders, right? You had Debo, you had Sanders, right? You had Kendrick Bourne. Those were, the, those were your three main option guys uh, offensively. Ayuk is definitely an upgrade over what Emmanuel Sanders is athletically. Yes. Debo Samuel is an improvement over himself from a few years ago. Yeah. Because he's now he's more diverse, right? He's more comfortable in the league. It's just health-wise for him. If you're asking Mohamed Sanu to play that Kendrick Bourne third role on occasion, uh, I'm sorry, that's an upgrade. That's a win for me. He's right in the middle between what Kendrick Bourne is and what Emmanuel Sanders was in that 2019. He's somewhere in between that if he's healthy. So if he's healthy, this is a big win for the 49ers. And he's played in Kyle Shanahan's system already, which means Kyle already knows what his strengths were. Now it's a matter of figuring out, are some of those strengths still there? What are his strengths now? And then how can I incorporate that into the system already? Because there's things he was doing in Atlanta that regardless of whether the speed and the athleticism has dropped off a little bit, he can still do those things in San Francisco. Yeah. 100%. And so he's a guy, too, who can operate in the middle of the field. He wasn't a guy who just needed whole shots. He could do a lot of different things, and they can utilize him in a lot of different ways. Um, and he's not going to be a guy who's going to get more of those deep shots downfield now in San Francisco that he's recovered from an Achilles injury. Yeah, He's going to be in a middle-of-the-field operator. He's going to be a guy like kind of in Kendrick Bourne's role. Third and longs, you know, goal line situations. When you need a guy to get open in the zone or if they stick a guy in man, he just needs to create a step or two of separation so that Jimmy can put the ball to him in space. He can make a play. And we all as 49er fans come out happy that we are able to extend a drive that looked like we were going to be punting after maybe a three and out or after a drive that started to look good. We get to make a couple of mistakes. Um, we need a guy like this, a veteran, crafty guy who can bail us out of those situations. He's at best uh, receiver four. At best. We, we, have, we have three guys ahead. I mean, this guy is a power slot. That's how he's going to be used. He's going to be used um, you know, to make plays in the red zone. I think that's something he can be successful at. 
um, using his body, you know, to shield away from defenders and catch the ball. Um, so he's somebody that a quarterback can feel comfortable with, but he is not going to do the same speed things, you know, like this one right here, he would have got ran down for sure um, the way he is now. So, though, but he can still make the catch and get you 10 to 12 yards, and that's what you're looking to get out of him. And the best part is he's not going to get up afterwards. And... <laughs> I don't know if that's the best part. Um, that's the best part. That's the best part. I think I think I don't really care as long as he makes plays. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Make it get the ball and sure hands. Catch the ball, Muhammad Sanu. And as long as he does, I'll be happy with him. But I know we're not getting the same Muhammad Sanu that the Falcons had in 2016. But I'm okay with that because I'm not expecting him to be wide receiver two. I'm expecting him to be wide receiver four through six. Correct. He's going to be the guy out there when, you know, you have Jalen Hurd motioning into the backfield, utilizing him like that in space. Um, you know, he would be that guy, that that option that you'd put out there potentially instead of use check. Yeah, I the think he's also, you know, that when Debo and them are resting, here That's comes true. Muhammad Sanu. Um, you can feel comfortable with him being on the field. You know, Jalen's out of the game. Here's Muhammad Sanu playing the power slot. I think those those make sense. Um, 15 any, to 20% of snaps. Anytime you can put him in the slot and get him to the corner of the end zone too, where he can go up and get the ball. Uh, yeah, the, those, all those situations make sense. Yeah, he's not going to play a lot of snaps. No. Those top three guys are going to play the most snaps, and, and then you're going to have everyone else. Yeah, And they, sh they should play the most amount of snaps. 100% yeah. agree with you there. Uh, up next is a guy that 49ers fans, especially here in the cutback crew, a little iffy on, Mr. Travis Benjamin. Uh, Ant, you're a little higher on this guy than some. Gary right now is going, how are you guys spending time on this guy? He hasn't done anything in like 10 years. Look, Gary, look, he can get it done potentially. And, and here's the thing. The speed has to potentially still be there. He hasn't had any major significant injuries. No. So the speed is definitely still there to an extent. He's still fast. This right here, these type of plays, I, I hate to break it to everybody. I don't know if you guys know this or not. Phillip Rivers is not a great deep ball thrower. I would say him and Jimmy are very similar in terms of how they have to throw the deep ball, in terms of having to step up in the pocket. You can see Phillip Rivers here having to come up, really load, and let this thing rip. Jimmy does the same type of things. Travis Benjamin can have the same type of impact for this team, especially the whole shots and in the kick return game. Well, Travis Benjamin's proven what he can do when he was with Kyle Shanahan in Cleveland. True. He had one of his best seasons, uh, right. and that's really what got him his contract with the Chargers. So he is an impact player. Um, a lot of people aren't going to want to hear this, but I think he's the replacement for Richie James. Ooh, I, like I think it. he does everything Richie James does better. And I think it's, I mean, just look at it. He scores touchdowns. You know what Richie James doesn't do a lot of? Score That's touchdowns. Right. Travis Benjamin is a, a better route runner. He operates better over the middle. Yes. Um, and he also has the, the whole shot ability. He can take any single pass and take it to the house. Plus, here's a punt return. Um, he has a better punt return average, kick return average than Richie James. So he is overall just a, I don't know if he's going to be used in this area anymore, but I think I just wanted to show his ability and what he could do. And Travis Benjamin is 100% a viable option for the 49ers. Absolutely. I think he fits a specific need because Trent Taylor was very important to Jimmy Garoppolo, especially in, you know, the early years. And Travis Benjamin can operate in those short areas, and he has short area quickness and speed, so he can do a lot of different things. He just, He's not just a deep ball guy. He's also yeah. somebody that can operate underneath, catch the ball, and get you pivotal first downs, um, but has the ability to catch an RPO and take it to the house because he's a superior athlete like on this play right here is going to show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know it definitely shows that. That's, that's beautiful. You love I love watching RPO slants that turn into touchdowns because yeah. it just – Gives you flashbacks to the old days where you used to throw two-yard slants and Jerry Rice and Taylor would take them house calls for 60, 70-plus yards and oh, just yeah. feel all good inside. 
feel all good inside because well, you, you knew yeah. you made the right play call, right? You knew you got your guy one on one in space, and the defense makes a big boo boo air, singling up the wrong guy, predicting the wrong route, and now you're just gonna make them pay for it on a simple slant. Yeah, and it's, love it's dynamic plays. Yes. You know what I mean? That's the thing. You're you're gonna have dynamic plays from someone like this, and anytime you can bring someone in that's not a starter, and they have the potential to score a touchdown anytime they touch the ball, that's someone you want to have. And and this guy getting matched up on you know nickel corners in the slot is is a problem. He's just too fast. This is him in Cleveland just going over the top past everyone. I think that was Hoyer throwing the ball. It was. So let's not pretend that Jimmy can't throw as good as Hoyer down the field. Uh, and people don't. People aren't going to want to admit that. That's fine. I'll you know, admit it for him. You know Thanos doesn't want to admit that either. But well, that's the reality of the situation, right? Jimmy is not a slouch. Uh, Jimmy is not a, a, he, He's not as bad as people are laying out there. And the, the slander for this man has been real. And I cannot wait to get all of these pieces healthy in the system, more weapons for Jimmy to throw to, more opportunities for him to take shots, and for him to just kind of quiet some yeah. folks down. Because it felt it wasn't that long ago, folks that we were rejoicing that we had found the quarterback of the future. That is true. I mean, we were literally rejoicing. When we signed him to the contract, nobody batted an eye about that no. $100 million contract when we brought Jimmy in and signed him. Uh, and a few injury seasons later and a Super Bowl loss, and now everyone's ready to throw the man out the door immediately. It's like 49 faithful. What happened to the faithful? What happened to the faith part? We got We got to pump the brakes a little bit. This guy can get it done, and Travis Benjamin can help unlock the vertical aspect of this game. Yeah, he, he can do so much. And if you look at the guys that we're talking about, they all add different aspects, mm -hmm. right? You're not getting guys mm -hmm. that are, are stacked upon each other as far as characteristics and traits. These guys all are a little bit different. Benjamin's not going to be a guy that's going to win jump balls. He's not, But he is the guy that can catch the ball in space and take it to the house, which is different from Debo because Debo doesn't really have that elite breakaway speed. Ayuk does. But now you have two whole shot guys when you get Benjamin out there with Ayuk. So not, it just it changes the way you have to approach this offense. Not to mention George Kittle. George Kittle has breakaway everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> Any moment he can truck you and take it to the house. Very accurate. And the Saints know all about that, don't you, Saints? Don't you, Saints? Uh, Sherfield is the next guy up on the list. Mr. Yeah. Trent Sherfield. Um, I don't think this is a guy either one of us is super excited about. Um, you know what? I seen Matt Mayoko said this guy was going to make the roster. I saw that too. Uh, I watched the film. And I don't see it. Nope. I, I see that there are, you know, six, seven guys on this roster that are better than him. At the receiver position, I think Sherfield's only angle to make it is he's very good on special teams. But I think we have other special teams guys at, at other positions that they could keep. Uh, so I watched him, and to be honest with you, he's a good player. But I don't think he can crack the top six. And it's nothing, no slight against him. It's just how good these top six are going to be. Mm -hmm. um, and the versatility that they have. This guy... Doesn't have the same versatility, whole shot ability. Um, doesn't catch the ball, you know, full speed like some of the other guys do. So those are some of the weaknesses I saw with him. Everything is like that, you know. Catches. If, if you were looking for a Kendrick Bourne style player, that's this guy. This is this guy. Yeah. Except he's a poor man's Kendrick Bourne. He's not as good as Kendrick Bourne. No. Don't don't even get. Yeah, not even close. I he's, will not slander you that much, KB. He, I he can't. can't he can't even dance <clears throat> like Kendrick Bourne. No, nah, man. Nobody can dance like Kendrick Bourne. Yeah. Let's be honest. I mean, we had some pretty good ones, lot or you know, with when Emmanuel uh, Sanders know, was there, there were some was good dances. Debo and Emmanuel. The, yeah, that, we, that that gif is one of my favorite gifts of all time. Yeah, we got um, some good ones. So we do we do have some good guys who can dance here. Uh, but now Trent, Trent Sherfield, look, it's it's one of those things, right? He kind of brings in things that you're looking to fill, the possession type of role. Guy can do a little bit of different things in the offense. He doesn't do any of those things great. He does them well. Um, and if you can get this guy up to speed, maybe this is a guy they stash in the practice squad. 
Maybe this is a guy that goes and ends up being on someone else's practice squad or someone else's roster for a little bit. And then if something happens, you know, you can bring him back into San Francisco if he ends up getting cut loose. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of Trent Shurfield and the things that he did in Arizona. Um, nothing really there impressed me. A lot of his stuff is him sitting down in zones or little screen passes like this. Um, and so for me, it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, it's going to be really hard for him to insert himself over a Travis Benjamin, insert himself over a Muhammad Sanu. Because while he may have better speed than Muhammad Sanu, I still think if you put Muhammad Sanu one-on-one in space, he's going to get open more times than Sherfield's going to get open. Another guy that's going to be hard for him to supplant is Jawan Jennings. Also very true. Jawan Jennings is going to have a good season. I mean, he is. I mean, and well, if he makes the team. Because I think that is the question, if he's still going to make the team. But he's been working hard. And I think what I like about him is the physicality part, right? 6'3", 215, 220 pounds. And plays physical. If you're looking for someone to fill that possession receiver role that Kendrick Bourne had, Jawan Jennings is that guy. And and all the, in the in the physical traits, he's an upgrade. He just needs to yes. play. He needs to play at that type of level and be a more consistent pass catcher because that was his knock last year in camp. Yeah, he wasn't catching the ball, but Kendrick Bourne wasn't the most you know sure-handed sure-handed receiver there was. Yeah, um, he did catch it when it was important, and that's what they need from Jennings. Uh, but Jennings is a physical player that plays with a lot of intensity and a lot of heart. I think that he's somebody that they could develop because at his size and his capabilities, if you watch what he did at Tennessee, the dude made plays. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not fast. That's no. one thing we can't say about him. <clears throat> but what he is is somebody that you don't want to be in front of him when he catches the ball. He's going to run you over, and he brings that nature and he also knows how to box out, catch the ball, play the possession receiver role. If you're looking for a power slot, this is a guy. I think he does have characteristics and traits that the 49ers look for in a receiver, especially the type of position that he would play, red zone threat. Um, he's somebody that is a possibility to make this roster. He is, and people are sleeping on him a little bit, and that's because of the injury last year, right? You didn't get to see a whole lot of him. See none of him. We have literally no film on him. Yeah. There's no film. So we can't show you film of Jawan Jennings at the professional football level because it doesn't exist. Yeah. It's not there. Uh, and we're not at camp, so we don't get any of that sweet, sweet practice footage. Well, there uh, wasn't a lot of sweet, uh, sweet practice uh, footage of him last year. Also true. There was a lot of drops. <laughs> there, was, yeah. there was quite a bit. So Jawan Jennings, very well could. We'd be very interested. This preseason is going to be a very exciting time, and we talked about how exciting preseason is going to be for the 49ers this year. Specifically, though, for this man, it's going to be an exciting time because we're hopefully going to finally get to see him in action and what he can do. A nice Jalen Hurd, Jawan Jennings combination in the red zone is going to be very, very tough for preseason te- teams to stop. And if he can build on the physicality, build on the route running, build on his ability to go up and get the ball in space in one-on-one situations, or even just creating separation in one-on-one situations, he's going to have an inside track even over guys like Mohamed Sanu because if he can do those same types of things in the power slot like Sanu can do and does them at a little bit better clip, it'll be tough. it's going to be tough for some of these veteran guys to get him off the field. Yeah, I think separation is the key. That's a big one. Um, if he can get separation against NFL-level corners, um, then he he can make a living in this league. Mm-hmm. If he cannot, then he's not going to make this team, and he's not going to be in the league very long. That is going to be the big question. Can he do it? If he can, he can be a player in this league because his physical traits are next level. He does things and plays so physical yep. that you want this guy on your team. You want this guy moving the chains. If you throw this, if it's third and eight and you give this guy the ball at, you know, six yards downfield, he's getting the first down. It's true. Nobody is stuffing this guy and stopping him from getting the first down. He is a absolute dog with the ball in his hands. 
I like him a lot. I like him a lot too. And speaking of guys who have been struggling to get <laughs> separation, the next guy on this list doesn't have the speed concerns that Jawan Jennings he has. He shouldn't. This guy is supposed to be a 4-3 guy. But if you watch the film, folks, Kevin White cannot get separation. And I, for the life of me, cannot figure out why. Is it a scheme thing when he was in Chicago? What Was it was it just routes that they're having him run? Is it too predictable and people just know where he's going to be? I don't know. But if you watch these clips, he can't get away from people. And if you're a 4-3 guy and you're pushing up the field on a vertical route, right? And this is a wonderful Hail Mary, Hail Mary catch. Yeah, wonderful. So, of course, there's not going to be a lot of separation. They're ready for it. They anticipate it. But there's a clip in here where he's pushing vertical on a, uh, right here on a vertical route. And he's running. Oh, excuse me. It's the next one after this. He's pushing upfield on a vertical route. And it's, it's just a comeback. And the corner doesn't respect the speed. No. He's running on his hip the whole time. And it's like, why? How is that possible? You would think a 4-3 speed guy, this guy would be opening up and trying to get out in front of him and stay on his top portion of his hip. That comeback route should work. And it just doesn't. It's right here. He's just sitting right on it. Great it's a great catch. catch. Wonderful catch. And not a bad throw. But that corner should be opening up and flying downfield. And he's just not. So is he not healthy? Has he lost a has he lost a step and we just haven't noticed? I don't know. It could also be that they don't respect the quarterback. That too. They don't respect the quarterback going downfield. Um, they don't respect, you know, the scheme. And maybe also, maybe the <laughs> I didn't see the corner because he's not in the picture, but maybe he saw the drop. Maybe. You know, if a quarterback is taking a three-step drop like that, he's not going deep down the field. So nope. maybe he understood what was coming and jumped the route. But you're right. He should get a lot of separation. And he's not getting a lot of separation. Um, the things that he is doing is catching the ball like that and being physical and getting upfield. Would you like to see? I do. I do like to see that. Can he do it better than Jawan Jennings? Can he do it better than Muhammad Sanu? That's a big question. If he had the 4-3 elite speed and he was showing it on the field, he would have a leg up on those guys. Mm -hmm. I mean, this dude is a freak of nature. He's big. He's tall. He's physical. Um, he just he just really has never produced the way that everyone thought he was going to coming out of West Virginia. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think everyone thought this guy was going to be a, you know, a top 10, top 15 receiver in this league, and he hasn't panned out. Now, he did look good in OTAs. He did. He, he, you know, he came in, and he's been in the system for you know over a year now. He will understand the ins and outs. That will help him out. Um, competition for the big guys now. I mean, if you look at the – they got some bigger receivers with Hurd, um, him, and Jawan Jennings. For the first time, we have big receivers, which has always been a complaint of 49er fans is get us a big, tall receiver that can win one-on-one -on -one battles. Um, I think Kevin White is one of those guys, but I would say he's on the outside looking in. He's going to have to earn it to beat out those other guys. He's got a bigger hill to climb than Jawan Jennings does. Yeah. And it's because he's been in the league so long, he has to prove he can consistently do it. One good performance or one good practice is not going to be enough to sway people's minds on what Kevin White is and what he's shown. He's got a big, bigger hill to climb than a guy like Jawan Jennings does. He's got a bigger hill to climb than even Mohamed Sanu. Oh, way bigger. Kind of does. Yeah, than Sanu. Um, because even though Sanu doesn't have the speed, you know that Sanu can create separation even without some of that speed. He showed it a little bit last year in Detroit. Kevin White's never shown it. So he's got a lot he's got to prove. Is there enough time? I don't know. The reduced preseason may not necessarily help him with the games. Maybe that extra game would help a guy like this. But the good news is, is that if he doesn't show it, you could stash this guy away in the practice squad. If he does show it, are teams really going to be willing to take a chance? Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. Maybe you can get away with keeping him on the practice squad or using maybe maybe one of those protected practice squad spots to hold on to a guy like this. He will be fun to watch in preseason. He's going to get his opportunities. Ayuk, Debo, 
Jalen Hurd are not going to play very much in preseason. No, 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 should they? All these other receivers are going to get a lot of opportunities, and we'll get to see what he can do. But his value on the practice squad can be understated because he can play DK Metcalf in practice. Mm-hmm. He's big. He's physical. He's fast. He's not as good as DK, but you're never going to have someone as good as the other team's best wide receiver. But somebody that's big that can give you know Jason Verrett and Emmanuel Mosley a look on how they'll you know run and play and prepare is good. So that is something that he has in his arsenal that the 49ers can use. So even though he might can not contribute to the team on the field during the season, he could contribute on the practice squad, helping these guys get ready for Seattle and the big receivers, eventually Julio and all that fun stuff. Very well could be the case. And the next receiver isn't a big receiver. Not at all, actually. He's the inverse of big. Mr. River Craycraft, who actually has some 49ers highlights, folks. Look at this man, chip blocking. And then for some reason running towards the sidelines instead of running upfield to get the first down or at least more yardage. Uh, look, Craycraft has some ability, right? The Trent Taylor aspect and role. Kyle Shanahan is fond of the smaller wide receiver who can get into space and create the little things over the middle. However, he is moving more and more away from this. Trent Taylor fell out of San Francisco very quickly after the injuries and not being able to stay healthy and just not being able to get back to form. River Craycraft has never really shown himself to be a world beater or a, a great... He's not in the Cole Beasley mold of receivers that can get open, have the speed, can create separation, short routes, intermediate routes, deep routes. He can't do those things. He's very limited in terms of his route tree, in terms of the variety of ways he can get open. Am I happy if River Craycraft is like an emergency guy? Yeah, because he can get some stuff done. If this guy finds a way to make the active roster, we have big, huge, gigantic problems and red flags with this receiver room. Um, Worse than last year. There are people on the Twitter sphere. Don't say it. They're not saying it. That River Craycraft is going to be the third receiver. 100% there are people that are on this bandwagon. Um, let me start by saying I like River Craycraft. As a person? I, I Well, I mean, as he plays with intensity. That too. He plays hard. He's always going 100%. Saying that, he is not better than six or seven guys that we've talked about. So if he's on this roster and he's planning on being, and they're planning on him being one of the top six, we definitely did not upgrade the receiver position enough. If he is a guy on the practice squad that we bring up in case of an injury, I'm perfectly okay with that because he's going to work hard and he's going to do his best to get open and he's going to do his best to make plays. But he is not a elite or even a very good NFL wide receiver. Um, but I respect his grind. I respect what he does and how he plays, but he's not a great route runner. You know, he's good, not great. He, he's not physical. He doesn't break tackles. And he brings no other thing that is, like, dynamic. I would have rather had a Trent Taylor again than this guy because I think Taylor is a better player than him. Taylor's definitely a better route runner. 100%. And that's what you need from this kind of, you know, position. And it's just like, I don't see it. I just don't see it. No, there's no needle moving with uh, with Mr. Craycraft. He has, a, he has a sweet name in the name department that he yeah. moves. But that's, that's about the extent of it. Um, so River Craycraft. You know, we wish you the best, and uh, if you're adding, bolstering this practice squad in an emergency role, feel really good about the receiver room. If you're uh, on the active 53-man roster to start the year and there's no injuries. Unless he tears it up in preseason, and I'll I mean, see dude, it. he's going to have to have one of the best preseasons I've ever witnessed <laughs> in my entire life. Remember when Glenn Coffey had that huge preseason for the 49ers and everyone was, like, super stoked about the running back room? Remember that? It's going to have to be, like, that level, except without the retirement afterwards. Yeah. Just, I don't... There's no way that's happening. Let's 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 get it. Let's not go to crazy town. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to do that. 
Benny Flat Fowler is the next guy. Uh, and this is another guy who doesn't move a lot of the needle stuff. Um, he's going to do some things. He's a good possession option, I guess. Maybe he ends up being a better option than a River Craycraft, but I don't see this guy doing a whole lot. His stats and his numbers don't show show it over the course of the year. Um, he's a good scheme fit guy in terms of you can get him on the field and scheme him open, and Shanahan's good about doing that. So it makes sense why they brought him in as a, as a possession type of receiver who can do the short to intermediate stuff. But again, not a world beater, not a guy who moves the needle. Um, he may have more upside than a River Craycraft. Maybe, but I've yet to see it. I mean, they've definitely brought in guys that are NFL veterans that have the ability to play in the NFL. And know how to grind and practice and work at an yeah, NFL level. Yeah, and they're trying to make sure that they insulate themselves in, you know, in case of an injury. They have guys that are legitimate players that can come in and play. Um, I think he's on the outside looking in. I think that if you look at him, Craycraft, um, Sherfield, some of these guys, they do kind of the similar things, um, not to the level that a Richie James or a Travis Benjamin or those guys do it. So these guys are that next you know, I guess, level of guys um, that are kind of right behind all those guys as far as the pecking order goes. Um, but overall, his his film is good. I mean, he, he will catch the ball. He will make plays. He doesn't drop a lot of passes. Um, but he's not going to beat you down the field. He's not going to take, you know, a slant pass to the house. Um, there's no, you know, not very much physicality with the way he plays. So, I mean, he really is just a possession receiver. Get him out there. He catches the ball. Um, he moves the sticks, and that's it. And there's a role for that in the NFL. And every team you, needs a guy like that who you can put out there and trust on a certain down and situation. And you put him in the right space against the right coverage or against you know whatever it is, the right man, if, it, if it's man coverage, that he can get you what you need to keep a drive going and a drive moving. You can carve out a role on pretty much any team doing that because every team needs that aspect of the game at some point. So will Benny Fowler be around? Yeah, he'll be around whether it's in San Francisco or somewhere else, he's going to be in the league because he can do those things and he knows what it takes to make an NFL roster. He's done it time and time again in the league. Uh, but don't expect this guy to be a guy who changes anything. He's a depth addition, as you talked about. He just makes sure that your wide receiver room is solid and then you don't end up with some guy out there that you shouldn't have. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. And then the last guy that we got to talk about, the undrafted gentleman, Austin Watkins, brother, of Sammy Watkins. Cousin. Cousin of Sammy Watkins. Sorry, I just hear Watkins and immediately think sibling. I mean, why would they Why would they not be? Uh, look, I didn't watch a lot of UAB film of him. I've watched a little bit since, since we brought him in and signed him as an undrafted guy. There's potential there, but he's got it. There's a lot. There's a lot that needs to get developed with this dude. I watched a lot of film of him. Uh, I got turned on to him before the draft. Ooh, look at this. And, you know, I, somebody you know said, hey, check this guy out. And so I did. Um, the one thing I saw with him was I didn't see a lot of separation. Um, there's a lot of contested catches. Contested catches in college when you can't get separation from college-level corners, especially where you know where he played at UAB, um, it makes me question if he's going to be able to get away from an NFL-caliber cornerback. We already saw the viral video with him against Diameter Lenore, and he got absolutely eaten up by a smaller Diameter Lenore. And Austin Watkins is supposed to be playing big and physical, and he's not doing that. The one thing is, I saw more Instagram videos. He's working on getting his, you know, press releases together, um, working on his moves and and running crisper routes. I think he's a developmental guy. Mm -hmm. um, I think he has talent. I think they would like to stash this guy on the practice squad if they could. Um, but outright, I wouldn't be surprised if he just doesn't get cut because I don't think he's going to be able to live up to the potential of the guys ahead of him. Uh, Jawan Jennings is better than him. You know, uh, Kevin White right now is better than him. 
So, and those guys are guys I think are fringe guys to make this roster. So there's just too many guys that do it better than him. Sherfield is better than him. And it's nothing against him. It's just right now he's not on that level. He needs time to marinate, time to develop. But I don't know if people are putting him in kind of that, well, Kendrick Bourne was undrafted and he's going to have an opportunity. Kendrick Bourne also played on a 49ers team that didn't have very good wide receivers. This is a way better wide receiver core than that, that Kendrick Bourne got to break into. And also, I don't see Watkins in the Kendrick Bourne mold. I think Kendrick Bourne does things that kind of separate him from somebody like a Watkins. But I know a lot of people are high on him, um, but the film doesn't show it to me. I could be wrong, but that's just what I think. And I can tell you what, I've watched, I've watched enough film to know that I don't need to watch more film. That's where I'm at. I've I want to see NFL film. I, that's, that's more where I'm at now. I watched some of the college stuff and was like, okay, there's nothing special here. But again, this is college film. What's the scheme? You know, how well are you prepared? How, what are you being coached up on? What are your guys' daily, your, your, your EDDs? What are you working on every day? Are you working on releases? Are you working on just your route tree, your timing with your court? What are you guys doing every day there at UAB? I don't know. It's a college-level program. I'm assuming you're working on things to help you get ready for the next level. But yeah. Who knows? Um, at the end of the day, with Mr. Watkins here, it's just time, right? Timing is everything. The reason, why, as you just said, the reason why Kendrick Bourne got to break out was a really bad wide receiver room. This isn't a really bad wide receiver room. No. This is a wide receiver room who's got gr two great pieces and a lot of potential pieces underneath it who could blow up and, and add significant value to this team. He's not ready to add that value. He needs time to, as you said, marinate, develop, grow improve, work on the things he needs to work on. And unfortunately, if you have Kevin White's of the world, the Trent Sherfields of the world, um, somehow Travis Benjamin's of the world, making it somehow down to a practice squad or not making this active roster, there's no way this guy is making the practice squad. No. There's going to be too many other pieces that need to be kept at other positions for you to stash a fourth wide receiver down there and be like, hey guys, we got four on the practice squad. We're doing good. It's just, it's not going to happen. So it could be, you know, his time in San Francisco could be short-lived. We'll see what happens. Preseason is going to be an opportunity for him to prove that, you know, there's something here worth holding on to. He's going to have to make the most of those three preseason games. Yeah, and in training camp as well. Mm -hmm. We saw him get locked up by Diomedo Lenore. Not good. Uh, that wasn't Jason Verrett. That wasn't Emmanuel Mosley. No. Um, those dudes are going to lock him down, lock him up. And I think he's going to have a Juwan Jennings style of training camp that Jennings had last year where there's just going to be so much going on. He's going to struggle. And... It's okay. I mean, that's what happens when you're a rookie, um, especially an undrafted one. It's going to be a battle, um, but I hope he gets his licks, gets in there, you know, put some put some good film out in preseason. And gets his opportunity. And gets an opportunity somewhere because he is a good player. Um, I just don't know if he, if he's good enough to make this roster. Uh, this might this this might just be the one team at the one time in history where it's just not the right time to be this type of wide receiver in San Francisco. Yeah, they have guys that are the same build that do the same things as him, just at a better clip. Bad timing, but hey, you never know. The man can shock everybody. Let us know what you think of this wide receiver room down below in the comment section right now. Did you enjoy this film discussion? Did you enjoy this breakdown? Did you hate it? We spent too much time talking about these other guys. You just want to talk about Debo, Ayuk, Heard. Of course, Heard. Can he stay healthy? You know, are there other guys we should have focused on more? Let us know about it. And while you're down there commenting away, don't forget to like. Don't forget to subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Share this video with the rest of the faithful. Be like our boy. Be like our boy Outriders, 408 Outriders, who just got himself banned from Thanos' chat because he was letting everybody know about the cutback. Don't actually do that. We don't want you to spam Thanos' channel too hard. Too hard. But share it with the faithful. Let them know that we're here. Let's help get this 
the subscriber count up. Let's help grow this community more, even more so we can have bigger, better, bolder conversations. And let's completely dive into the wide receiver position in the comment section. Let us know who you think is going to make this roster, which six guys are going to stand out, which guys are going to make the team, and why do you like those guys? Because I think it is a fun conversation to have. The Niners have a lot of options, and the top you know, seven, eight guys all have possibilities to make this team. So I'm curious what everyone thinks because this will be a fun conversation to have and to see it develop over training camp and in the games, even more conversation then. Going to be a lot of fun. We can't wait to hear what you have to say. And until next time, 49ers fans, you stay safe. And remember the right way is always the 49ers way.